When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome. Morning, Jessica. Oh, yeah. look at us. I know. Look at you. Both excited to say hello to each other today. It, well, it's been a minute. <laughs> it has been a minute. That's true. We've had a little bit of a break between races, and we're back this weekend in Singapore. Yeah. Well, not not us, but, you know, the drivers. Um, yeah. And Spencer, we, we had a little bit of a pause since the race ended, since we jop- jumped on um, mm-hmm. to, to do some, you know, clerical things here. But... Uh, as of the recording, we think Sergio Perez won the Grand Prix, but we don't really know yet. What, what's going on there? Well, there's an investigation by the race stewards into whether uh, Checo at one point in the race fell too far behind the virtual safety car, which is a thing that you can do. You don't want to fall too far behind it. So they're investigating whether that is true. At the moment, it looks like Sergio Perez indeed won the 2022 Singapore Grand Prix, but we don't know. It could like, they could drop the decision during the recording of this podcast. They could decide uh, to wait until tomorrow. They could drop it in the middle of the night because um, Eastern time, because as we know, they're, they're in Singapore. They're, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not here, which I think we were all hoping, by the way, for a reprieve from early morning races. Like, oh, yeah, Singapore. Cool. It's on the other side of the world. Maybe we'll get like an evening. Nope. They run it at night, y'all. They run mm-hmm. it at night. Mm-hmm. You're, getting, you're getting your ass up at seven. Except like um, uh, the FIA. A couple things we can complain about with the FIA mm-hmm. um, as part of our, our race coverage this weekend. First was the rain delay. So this yep. was supposed to be an 8 a.m. Eastern time race start. It was Spencer, torrential downpouring at 8 a.m. in Singapore. So we got a little bit of a delay. In your opinion, did they delay it too much? Because by the time the race finally started, uh, most of the drivers were on intermediates for half the race and then moved to slicks. But it seemed like there could have been a little bit more fun had they started earlier. But also, you know, safety is obviously important. There seemed to be issues with standing water on the track, which is why the marshals mm-hmm. had those little brooms 
which I enjoy just brooming, <laughs> sweeping the water <laughs> off of the track. It's a bill. It's a billion dollar sport per team, multi-billion dollar total with some of the richest people in the world on board as financing. That's why we use brooms. Yes. Um, so the race was delayed. They finally mm-hmm. restarted around nine. Um, the rain, there wasn't any rain during the race, but there was some track condition issues, which made it, I would say probably more difficult than, than usual, which in Singapore, the, as the commentators brought up numerous times, there's never been a race in Singapore where there hasn't been a safety car deployed because it's one of those tracks where there's concrete barriers. Um, Mm -hmm. it's hard when you're off the racing line and it's wet. And so we got a lot of that today. Yeah, there is Singapore is a degree off the equator. Like it is one degree <laughs> off the equator, like like 1.3 degrees, I believe, is the exact term. That is exact. You know there's going to be rain. You know it's going to be hot. The conditions at this race I don't think can be oversold. It's miserable. It's very, very moist. It's humid. When it rains, it doesn't drain quickly, and it doesn't go anywhere. It's not like they didn't know they were going to have at least a humid race in wet conditions. And it's not like you didn't know that there were going to be a lot of DNFs in this thing, right? Which there ended up being quite a few because um, engines, in Christian Horner's words, don't like humidity. Like it's an opinion engines have, an emotion, that they don't like humidity and stress in humidity. So, um, and, and trust me, living in the neighborhood as I did at one time, it's brutal. It is maybe, I think, I think Singapore has the most difficult conditions for drivers on the whole in terms of what they have to go through for this race. So congratulations if you finished, um, <laughs> especially because the first the half of the you. race. Yeah, the few of you who did manage to finish. By the way, not not a record for DNFs, right? Mm. Um, because I believe we had, oh God, did we have seven total DNFs in this race? Yes, uh, I believe so. So there was, or might have been six. So there were five by the halfway mark. It was Joe, Latifi, Alonzo, Albon, Ocon, and then Sonoda went out a little bit later. And was was there one more? I'm blanking. But um, yeah, it was it was a lot, Spencer. And it was mostly like, other than the, the Latifi incident, which maybe we'll talk about later, because what, what was that? Um, mostly it was like, ooh, oh no, ah, I'm in the wall. Yes, we had six total DNFs in this race so again congratulations if you finished you stood a very good chance of getting points anything at (laughs) all in terms of total points in this race this is not the record of course for retirement it's not even close to it during the race we were kind of going back and forth going yeah like what's the worst race in terms of like total dnfs um and it was this there was a race in the history of f1 the 1996 monaco race where if you finished, you got a podium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. 18 out of 21 did not finish at the 96 <sighs> Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, so it wasn't that bad. But there was a little a little whining about the delayed start this morning. And now we have yep. this uh, other FIA decision, which was, so Sergio Perez looked like he was pretty close to the safety car 
Uh, I believe mm -hmm. after Yuki Sonoda uh, crashed. And so the safety car did not seem pleased that he was that close to him. And so they decided to review it. And instead of reviewing it and coming with a ruling, you know, in the final few minutes of the race, the FAA decided we're going to deal with this afterwards. So now Sergio mm -hmm. Perez has, of course, finished in first place with a, a decent buffer. I think a seven second buffer between him and Charles Leclerc. So if there's a five second penalty... Perez still wins. If it's a 10 second penalty, he will not be the race winner. However, he has already celebrated with the champagne and as he should, as, as he, he should. should, formula one has done this before where drivers have gone on the podium and done the celebration and the interviews and the whole thing. And then, and gotten the trophy and then like, Oh, so-and-so didn't have enough fuel in his car. So actually they're disqualified now. Like this is, this happens. Um, and it yeah. may happen even though Perez had a, really phenomenal race he had a great start he got out in the lead it was difficult conditions there was obviously the, the big strategic question was like when are we going to put on our you know medium or soft tires when is the the track going to be dry enough for that and red bull played it very well and he raced very well uh mm -hmm. and just basically commanded the whole race deserves to win however often in Formula One, just because you deserve to win, the stewards may decide that you do not actually get to win. So now we're, like Spencer said, waiting to see what the actual result will be. He's meeting with the stewards, which I, St Spencer, how do you picture that going? He's covered in champagne. Mm -hmm. He walks into this probably like little office in the paddock. What What's happening right now? Is he pleading oh, his case? I, like, consider how absurd the life of an F1 driver is already, <laughs> that you're in a pair of fireproof pajamas <laughs> as, a, as a grown man being paid $20 million a year by your employer on top of all of your other endorsements to go broom, and you're covered in champagne after having the celebration, and they tell you, by the way, you haven't won, or you've won, but we took five seconds off your time. He doesn't care. Like, that's so not under his control. That is so out of his hands. No, he doesn't care at all, right? And even if you do, you still get podium. That's, you know, that, that's fine for Checo, right? If this is Max, he's not going to be happy about it. But Max is never happy about anything. No. He wasn't, ha he wasn't happy in qualifying <laughs> when they borked his last lap, right? Over uh, trying to prevent the too little fuel violation, yeah. uh, right? In his tank. Um, he's just not a happy person. So he's not going to be happy. But Checo, ah! He might be a little disappointed if he doesn't get the win. But other than that, I don't think he's going to care. Additionally, by the way. You mean you mean because uh, he, he already got to celebrate and do the won. whole. Like, like in his mind. Like, like I think, okay. I think a driver just assumes they've won. And even if you take away the points, I've won. It's a lot like it's a lot like in a, a any kind of postseason sanction. Right. Event in a sport mm -hmm. when they go, well, we'll take away the trophy. Take right. it. Take it. Who cares? Like that to me. Uh, yeah. Not not to bring up like the most controversial Formula One finish of all time, but yeah, it would be similar which, to how which which one? Well, the one that happened within the last twelve months. Oh um, yeah, that one. If that driver got to celebrate the championship and do the whole thing, and then like a month later, the courts or whoever ruled actually he didn't win. It's like, well, now what do you do? Like this is very awkward and unpleasant and weird. They should just kind of give it to him by default. Although, you know, I, I do love chaos and it would be very chaotic for the FIA to do something like this um, at this point in the evening because it is now nighttime there while they're 
still doing all of these shenanigans. And Ferrari, weirdly optimistic that he might get a 10-second penalty. Not sure if you yeah. got that radio message to Leclerc. Also, Charles Leclerc, how, like, how did Perez build that seven-second buffer with like a few laps to go in the first place? I mean, I, I listen, Like, talk about a couple of different storylines here. One, that Ferrari had a quiet race. Yes. Also, McLaren. McLaren. First of all, yes. Ferrari, quiet race. McLaren, strong, consistent performance across the board, including P5 for Danny Rick. Okay? Not going out quietly. Yeah. So so good for them. Incident-free racing uh, in a tough race. I don't think we're giving we can give them enough credit for that, especially given how many other drivers washed out of this extremely difficult and yes. demanding track. And and they got a little lucky with the timing of the safety car because they hadn't gone mm-hmm. into the pits yet, and so that that helped them out. But also, like it's Singapore, you know, maybe that was luck. Maybe that was like let's just wait a few more laps and see. Yeah. Additionally, if we can go ahead and go down a, a little down the sheet, mm-hmm. who else had a really good day? Okay, because there were racing teams that had really bad days okay mm-hmm. uh alpine alpine had what was nothing short <laughs> of a complete disaster yes williams had a bad day williams usually has a bad day alpine total disaster which we'll get to look at you aston martin i was gonna look say let's stroll mm-hmm. good for you good for into you. the points good for him Good for them. Yeah, good for good for him. Good for Sebastian Vettel taking his little retirement victory tour, getting you know, getting a, a, a tidy P eight there. And then for everyone else, congratulations on finishing. Because as a point of natural transition, we can now talk about what the hell happened to everyone else. Mm-hmm. All right, because uh, even if you finished, maybe you were George Russell. George Russell, who, to my mind, had the wildest race of the day. Yeah, tell tell everyone about what George Russell, uh, what transpired with him today. Starting back in the pack, frustrated. The first driver, by the way, to go to slicks. And when George Russell, <laughs> came, when George Russell came out of the pits in slicks, it may be the coolest thing I've seen in a while in F one. It was ba- it was baby deer energy, right? Drifted, full on, <laughs> drifting the streets of Singapore, about to go into the lobby of the Raffles Hotel on slicks an absolutely wild moment uh russell also ends up uh i believe taking the uh, he went off did he go off in the safety lane he did like the runoff lane yeah he had a wild time a lot lot of that today too he drifted again he did like a nifty little pirouette which i love crofty because he's like oh nice little pirouette there (laughs) like very very like very british like in the sense that that he uh saw disaster and was like oh good recovery lad right keep it going exactly yeah. So did you see Haas's uh, tweet after the Schumacher no. and George Russell incident? Because it was, no. I think it probably was the. Uh, I didn't even, I didn't even mention that. that yeah, he had right. It was Schumacher. There was a little incident there. Uh, Haas tweeted, no, George, no, that is so not right. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm just glad we're not taking it. Like, I like that everybody like sub P3 is like, ah, man, let's just have fun with this. Yeah, it's fine. exactly. Exactly. And then uh, George's radio message, which was Schumacher's defending like it's the race of his life. Crikey. <laughs> when is the last time you heard the word crikey? Just in general. I mean, not since, uh, not yeah. since. 
I know yeah, what you're going to say. The man himself. Yeah. yeah. The crocodile hunter. I was thinking Steve the same Irwin. thing. Yeah. Crikey. Shouts out. Crikey's making a resurgence with George Russell today. <sighs> yeah, Spencer. So uh, it was it was kind of one of those weird races where like a lot of things technically did happen, but there was very little overtaking and very little lead changes throughout the race. So it felt like mm-hmm. a little boring, a little like, all right, maybe it would have been nice to get some some rain here, maybe a little more, you know, yeah. strategic rolling of the dice from the race engineers. But everyone came out happy and healthy and safe. Yeah, I mean, it's all that matters. Healthy. I don't know. Lewis Hamilton spent most of the race complaining about his tires and saying, you should listen to me, which (laughs) increasingly, and I I don't know if this is the reality, but increasingly it sounds like Lewis Hamilton feels like ever more and more disrespected and ignored on his own team, just at the margin. That Mm -hmm. could be like in my mind alone, but listening to him, he sounds like somebody who's like, you guys are not listening to me. Like race in and race out. It just feels and, like it, yeah. he feels that way. That's not an I know. That's an I feel like that's how he feels. Yeah. And Mercedes is like, hey, man, you owe us $25,000 because of your nose ring. Should we talk about that for a second? Very like s- silly little subplot to this weekend. Obviously, when uh, F1 was here in Miami, the jewelry thing kind of came to a head with Lewis Hamilton. Um, he wore like, what was it, like four watches to the press conference to, to prove a mm-hmm. point. Um, yeah. And so F- F- the FIA was like, no one's allowed to wear jewelry. And it seemed very targeted to Lewis because he obviously has earrings and a nose ring that he wears for every race and necklaces. So Lewis was like, I, this is, this is stupid. I'm going to keep wearing my jewelry. And they eventually came to an agreement that he had until Silverstone to take out his piercing. So then he did. And then Lewis said this weekend that taking out his nose ring, which was soldered into his nose, gave him a blood blister and caused an infection. And so he's like, I'm not going to keep taking my nose ring in and out. I'm going to wear my nose ring. So he wore his nose ring and Mercedes got fined 25,000 quid. I don't know. I'm assuming euros to, uh, they have to pay the FIA because they incorrectly said that he didn't have jewelry on. So now this whole jewelry thing with five raises left is back. It's annoying. Lewis feel, it seems like he's over it, Spencer. He doesn't want to deal with this anymore. And also he doesn't want his nose to hurt from taking out his nose ring. It's very, very silly. I agree with everything Lewis says, including uh, complaining about his tires. I just don't know whether anything's going to happen with it because because I believe I believe that that Lewis Hamilton, his unhappiness is the like root of his greatness. I think some people are just motivated by perfection. And he's definitely a perfectionist. And he's definitely mm-hmm. the kind of person who is, you know, like, I could make it better. Everything else will piss him off, including F1 doing this ridiculous and, yeah, kind of suspicious posturing against <clears throat> jewelry and right. against uh, anything looking. It, I, I'm against any sports league at any point trying to establish a uniform look or culture for its players because inevitably that is a statement in favor of a certain order, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, no, everybody has to look the same. You're like, no, this is always in favor of a certain. Right. Uh, in image or a certain culture that you are trying to put forward. Whether that's going to make any difference in the long term of things, I don't know. I'm fascinated by what's going to happen. This is my long way of saying I'm fascinated by what's going to happen to Lewis Hamilton over the next year or two as his career begins to shift into um, emeritus mode, where we say mm. that, like, okay, you are still great. You are no longer alpha prime 
you know, killer Lewis Hamilton of the mid 2010s. In defense of Lewis, he's finished in second place twice this season behind Verstappen. He's finished in third four times. So he's had, uh, I'm bad at math, five podiums, six podiums. Wow, that was really sad. He's been on the podium six times. Other than Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull, who has what other team slash which other driver has been on the podium this season? Because there's only one. Hmm. My brain is blanking, probably from lack of sleep. It was Baby Lando. Yes, that is correct. In April. So yes, maybe he's maybe he's uh, maybe Max Verstappen is a better driver now. He is obviously ex- extremely talented, and he has not made many mistakes despite what happened this weekend, which you maybe can blame. The team for in qualifying this is a race in singapore where qualifying is extremely important if you run out of gas while qualifying and have to start from eighth um you're already in a bad spot and that's that's probably not his fault but um lewis is still performing at a very high level he is he is now he was complaining and performing at a very high level admittedly and george russell was having the wild boy day that he had <laughs> but i'm gonna make a move here that we haven't done before okay First of all, I'm going to play a different song, or a different version of the same song, okay? Because you know who's never gotten Best Lad overall? That's right. We've never given it to Lando Norris. Let's go ahead and give a cheeky but deserved Best Lad to Lando Norris. The little lad. The little lad. Leading the way for McLaren today, a team beset with drama for much of the season, but smoothed over with the consistent grandeur of Lando Norris's smooth driving in difficult equatorial conditions in Singapore. Sir, a sling is used for wounds which you only incurred on those around you. And a sling is what you shall drink, as in a Singapore sling when you celebrate tonight for the McLaren team and those around you. Lando Norris, you get best lad of this race. And he might, he might end up in third place if Checo gets... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> penalize that severely he probably won't but you never know you never know we'll find out in a few weeks uh based on <laughs> how, how long this is going yeah um we'll, fi- we'll find out by mail we should probably talk about some of the some of the things that happened over the couple week break that we just took and i think we should start by mentioning the month that alex albon is having spencer he had appendicitis he had complications mm-hmm. go- yes go ahead well i mean that's bad Right. right. That's already bad. Correct. Like not, not a good thing to have. He had appendicitis the last race weekend, three weekends ago or two weekends ago. Um, mm-hmm. He had complications from the anesthesia uh, respiratory failure, I think was what they said happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Which by, by the way, like you should know, like if you have not, uh, you ever been under for surgery? Uh, just for my wisdom teeth. Okay. You know, going under, it's not great. It's not the easy thing that you might imagine like oh, okay yeah they just turn you off and turn you back on <laughs> no it's a really complicated process that's the reason they have an anesthesiologist and not everyone reacts really well to it he had complications so severe with the appendicitis that they had to put him on a ventilator mm-hmm. which is terrible by the way george russell dropping in to say hi make sure he's okay I'm not saying just because you didn't get best lad this week still george russell quality lad loves his former teammate but yeah i mean terrifying for alex albon this was while they were the team was in monza um so he did end up racing today and has made a recovery it sounds like thankfully 
Um, unfortunately, we we saw him drive into the the wall today, and his wing came off. Which Spencer, the the F1 cars just look so like naked without a front wing. It's such a bizarre thing to watch the little like wingless car driving back to the pit lane. But so not yeah. not the day that he wanted. However, like we're very happy to hear that he's back in uh, racing shape because holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, ter- like a tariff. That's not what you want in your, your three week vacation that no. you get. Everyone else, like if we were F1 drivers, uh, Jessica, you were what? Uh, at a yacht off the coast of Santorini hanging out, right? <laughs> that's what, that's what, that's what you would yes, choose. A hundred percent. Yeah, me, I, yeah, eating feta and all sorts of like Mediterranean diet things. Meanwhile, I'm probably eating elk somewhere high. <laughs> no, I know exactly where you are. You're hmm. with Valtteri Botas. Did you see the video of him preparing for Singapore? No, I did not. He was in his sauna, obviously butt naked, putting water into his little sauna thing and saying, I'm preparing for Singapore because it's obviously extremely hot in a sauna as is, it is in Singapore. That's what you would be doing though, Spencer. I, I know that for a fact. That, that's correct. That's correct. One day, by the way, we will tell the best Valtteri Bottas story we have, which we can't really, we can't tell just yet. But when one there's day, some distance, one day we will. We will tell the greatest Valtteri Bottas story. It involves, uh, it involves the man partying hard but wanting to keep the party going. Like, <laughs> friend of that. friend of DNF. Friend of DNF, Valtteri Bottas, and those cheeks, those legendary, <laughs> those legendary charitable trust donating cheeks i i don't think the that meme is gonna get old our friend alanis king tweeted before the race uh the picture of you know all the the flooding on the track and photoshop valtteri in it floating with his with his butt out um yeah that's not gonna get old for me anytime soon no 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 we're just gonna keep that coming we're gonna keep that going also uh, over the three-week break a couple of little pieces of news we wanted to mention uh, Yuki Sonoda back with AlphaTauri. We have yes. a rough day today, but you know what? Y- Yuki's on for another year. I think that's great for the sport because we're, we're big fans of him. It, it, not only an extremely talented driver, he's funny as hell. I yes. will always take a funny as hell driver who's thinking about snacks and hates exercise every single time. I'm elated that Yuki Sonoda will be uh, coming back. Uh, in the other direction, yeah, the goat's gone, baby. Yeah. Nicholas Latifi is not going to be with Williams. I have a limited amount of sympathy for this because I'm like, oh, man, your, your F1 dreams are dead. And I'm like, you got to be an F1 driver for a real long time, dude. Yeah. Especially given your results. I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know him personally. I'm sure he is a nice, lovely man. But he has been in some notable, like, WTF moments in Formula One. One of them today. Um, yeah, just <laughs> consistent performance, baby. <laughs> I mean, it was like kind of insane. He was just like, yeah, didn't, didn't see him back there. Mm-mm. Did not see him and caused a puncture for George yeah. Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Goat TV gone from Williams. They have an open seat. Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen who will be racing with Alex Albon next season. The big question mark is like, what is Daniel Ricardo going to be doing? Over the last few weeks, we thought like maybe we'd have an answer by now. But no, it seems like he's either considering a year-long sabbatical, maybe trying another racing series. I heard I heard rumors about him joining NASCAR, um, which I I think there's a question about whether that is a good way to go if you want to end up back in F1. And if he does, which it seems like he does, he mm-hmm. may not want to do that. Um, but it also doesn't seem like he wants to race for any of the teams that have open spots remaining, Alp- Alpine, uh, Haas, and Williams. So he's in kind of a little bit of a pickle, Spencer, and we're not sure – 
what's going to happen to our beloved American driver? I mean, the most American driver of all, right? Maybe multiple American drivers in the sport next year if Daniel is still around somewhere. I hope he just does something he enjoys. Like yeah. he's got nothing left. He's to me, he has nothing left to prove on an F one track, right? Like he was successful. He had some very odd career decisions. Who yeah. among us does not? And <laughs> ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth, y'all? Um, like <laughs> I'm doing an F one podcast with someone who hates my favorite college football team. Just kidding. True. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't. I, you know what? This year they've been perfectly inoffensive. So, like, what problems can I have with them? Thank right. You inoffensive and nicest, more than it's the nicest thing you've ever said to me more than one sense of the word but like uh <laughs> the, the only other bit of the only other bit of news to mention is that yes also joe guan Yu, who yes uh, had a rough day today yes uh, did not finish the race um, but also a young but, driver who's who's like raced really well obviously had that really scary incident in silverstone this season um yeah and but like he's 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 been more than adequate in that alfa romeo seat yeah, and he's been he's been good, and he's been good for the sport, I think, as a whole. So, Joe Guan Yu, congratulations! You are re-upped for uh, my favorite kind of racing team, which is a racing team with modest expectations that you can exceed. Like, we'll set the bar right here, we'll clear it easily, then we'll go to next year, right? So, Alpha, great place to be for now. Good vibes all around. Like, excellent signing for Joe Guan Yu there. You want to ask for questions? Yes. If you have questions, please put them in the chat. Our producer will send them our way. We do have to announce one other thing that will be back in 2023, Spencer, which is the fake marina at the Miami Grand Prix. Uh, there are reports that the marina will, in fact, be back. It will be fake. It will be, I, I guess, like whatever whatever material, synthetic material that is that is stuck onto those plywood boards we will expect to see it in May next season. Spencer, the F1 calendar also came out for next season uh, during the break, and it's very long, the longest ever. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the dates were written in the European way where it's like month and then day. So I still don't know when any of the races are because I'm waiting for someone to, to like make me one in, in American. Um, but it's going to be a long F1 season, and Monaco is still on the calendar. Still, still on the calendar, baby. Maybe we can, maybe we can actually make it more repellent to the F one powers that be by having a race where nineteen out of twenty one cars do not finish at Monaco. <laughs> let's let's beat the record for twenty twenty three. Is what I'm saying. You know. Also, by the way, in case the schedule has is not like problematic enough, right? Uh, Baku is still on there which uh, if you know what's been happening in Azerbaijan, a little problematic mm -hmm. uh, to say the least. Uh, we have pretty much all the usual suspects on there. So in case you, you know, you're like, hey, I don't like politics messing up by F1. Um, I have terrible news for you. It will continue to be a thorn in your side because, mm -hmm. because damn, what, what a lineup of host countries. And that's not even to mention the politics of the FIA, which as of yeah. taping, we've been talking now for around 30 minutes, Spencer. We still don't know what the investigation decision has been on Sergio Perez's rule uh, nope. violation. So yeah, question from one of the uh, listeners slash viewers. Who's finishing P4, Alpine or McLaren? So this has kind of been the biggest question I think on the tail end of this season, because we know Max Verstappen is going to win the driver's championship, right? Like barring yeah. anything spectacularly insane happening, 
he's got that locked up. It's only a matter of when. And we know that Ferrari and Mercedes are, are right behind Red Bull. But Alpine and McLaren have been battling for the fourth spot for the last few weeks. And like we said earlier, this was a really bad weekend for Alpine, um, despite them being cons- pretty consistently like finishing all right, finishing kind of in the middle there and, and like mm-hmm. holding on to that fourth spot. But if McLaren can can pull out a couple more weekends like this where they don't have bad uh, long pit stops where Daniel Ricardo was able to stick with the front of the pack. Um, it is going to be, I think, McLaren's to lose. They really just need some some like solid dubs from Daniel Ricardo at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, given the trend, I'm going to go ahead and say McLaren. Yeah, just just because Alpine, an organization starts from the top down, and Alpine's just had some really curious things happen to the management wise. <laughs> Whereas I think all of McLaren's drama was at the beginning of the season. Mm, that's true. Right. And then yeah. once we got the Danny Rick thing out of the way formally, then things were pretty settled. So I'm going to go ahead and say that in a race between two teams with definite challenges, that Alpines are more serious at an organizational level. Oh, you mean McLaren's um, more serious? No, no, I, no. I think Alpine, like just, oh, because, okay. just because of the way they're run. Yes. Right. I think that like neither is a shining example of organizational perfection. <laughs> Yeah, or stability. Yeah. Nick, Nick Saban watches these F1 teams and he's like, "These, what are these guys doing? I mean, th- this is a lot like when you're choosing a bank. You go, well, let me find a good bank. You're like, okay, now let me find a bank. <laughs> let me find a bank. Not a good one, but a bank. Um, I want to jump to this question because I feel like personally attacked and also validated by this. Am I an F1 fan if I sleep through about half the races? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's honestly who this podcast is catered towards. Yeah. Are, catch are you, catch like, up with us. Are you a self-described enthusiastic dumbass? Hi. <laughs> You're Hello, a, also. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, I think we've accidentally garnered a level of expertise slightly above enthusiastic Complete dumbass. accident, though. Yeah. Right. It's total accident. But, David, if you sleep through an F1 race, okay, I think you should normalize sleeping through a, a number of events but still being there. You're still there. You're still in the building. Also, you can catch up by pressing the red button on your remote if you're a Sky (laughs) subscriber, which you probably aren't. Which you probably aren't. Yeah, Spencer, we we actually co-wrote one thing, I think, in the time that we worked together at SB Nation, Mm -hmm. which was the art of the Masters nap. And the Masters is a sporting event in which it is enhanced by taking a little snooze midway through the afternoon round. So... I think this falls in that category where, and I'm not saying it's every race because there have been a number, especially this season of races where you would be crazy if you could fall asleep during it. But there have also been a number where I think that it's enhanced by a little, a little snooze and you wake up and you see, Oh, they went in the pit. Oh, we're on mediums now. Oh, we got five Mm -hmm. laps to go. And that's fine. I think that is just absolutely. If that's what you want to do more power to you. Normalized napping. Don't let the corporate surveillance state govern your behavior. Go look at old photos of people from when this country was being built. (laughs) Sleeping all over the place. Like just just napping. Napping on hillsides and under trees. Okay. And not only will I be napping during the next Formula One race, I will be full on slumbering because it's in Japan at 1 a.m. Eastern. And we we did. Yeah. yeah, We mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show, we're we're not going to be doing a live reaction after that one. I would just like to reiterate that. So um, please, please don't tweet at us at 3 a.m. 
Um, but I'll be sleeping, so I'll I'll see them in the morning anyway. Say it with me, Watashi wa namasu, which is I will be sleeping. Oh, that's pleasant. One more question, uh, yeah. or one more, maybe maybe two more, but this is I think this is a good one. Will we ever know who won the Singapore Grand Prix? It's been like an hour. Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> no, no, <clue>. no, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting it. Sorry, y'all. I would like to know uh, the last one, which is which is thank you from this comment. Reminder: next week, the Japanese GP falling asleep at your job can be seen as dedication. See, that's how hard we're working. That's how hard we are pushing for this. So yeah, go ahead, fall asleep at your desk, loyal F1 fans. Okay, the boss is going to look at you and go, "Congratulations! I'm giving you more points in the imaginary constructors camp championship for <laughs> best F1 fan." Absolutely. Uh, well, Spencer, it was uh, the Singapore Grand Prix. I guess I do. We, can we? Can we? Can we think of a sentence to describe it as? Maybe grueling. Grueling. I was gonna say like humid, grueling, mm -hmm. weird. Yeah. Maybe just sloppy. Maybe sloppy is the word. It wasn't. It wasn't a particularly insane strategic race. It wasn't a particularly eventful like holy shit race. But it was a little sloppy. And yeah. you can probably thank the rain for that and the FIA, most importantly. Yeah. It, is a, it is a contrast between being the coolest looking race that F1 runs in terms of visuals yes. and, also, and also the least fun to actually run. Like I think, it's, <laughs> I think it is a grind. Monaco-esque, perhaps? Yes, Monagasque. In Mon its... <laughs> that's what that's called. Yeah, if you put Monaco in a sauna. There you go. Well... As always, Spencer, I've enjoyed recapping the race with you. We'll be back in a couple weekends, not next weekend, because again, we will be asleep. But we will be back in a couple weekends with our next race recap. So thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. You can follow us on social media, uh, watch the show on YouTube if you're listening. We're we're only got five races left, Spencer. So I think that means we have four more of these left, give or take, because uh, I'm not exactly sure what our U.S. Grand Prix scheduled plan is. But we, we will we will see. It's very Texan in that we are doing it off the back of the saddle here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when when that horse points in the direction it's going, we will let you know. Exactly. Well, anyways, thanks for watching. Everyone have a lovely thanks, Sunday. Enjoy enjoy watching the footballs if that's what you do on these days. Hey, I'm watching college football on a Sunday. So yeah, it's already weird. Go gator. Go gator. <laughs> Night y'all. Bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.